Welcome everyone by live stream. We're glad to have you tonight. You've been uh, you've been getting uh, word back to us about how the broadcasts are blessing you. We appreciate you. Thank you for sharing with us. Join in tonight. Get your Bible open. We got something we got to share, and uh, just let us know how God's using the broadcast, and and we'll rejoice with you. Open if you brought your Bible this evening to the book of Philippians, and uh, I, I I guess we'll. Uh, <laughs> I say I guess. I'm not sure where I'm, I'm going to end up, but I, I know we're going to start here. And so uh, I hope you came expecting tonight. I should have announced ahead of time what we were going to do here for a couple of services because I've had this in my heart for a while and I didn't really say anything. But uh, how many of you know, and if you didn't, just act like you did, but the next Tuesday is Valentine's Day. Everybody went, I knew that, I knew that. Next Tuesday is Valentine's Day, and uh, what is it, uh, February 14th every year, I believe. So, and so um, I just have had it in my spirit, really for a couple of months, it's been interesting that when that, when that season comes, we're going to do some teaching on marriage and walking in love. Thank you for that enthusiasm. Because how many of you know, you can have all these other things we've been talking about. You know, lately we've been talking about prosperity, miracles, and we've been talking about faith. Yes, Sunday morning, yes. talked about faith, yes. talking about speaking in tongues. Yes, and, yes. But how many of you remember 1 Corinthians 13? You can have faith yes. that moves mountains. Yes. You can speak in tongues of men and angels. You, you can do all those things. If you have not love, you're just a sounding brass and a gonging symbol, a noisy symbol. So we're going to get into it tonight. We might wait out where angels fear to tread. But you're here to hear whatever the word says. To a hungry man, every bitter thing is sweet. Amen. Maybe it would help to tell a joke before we go any further. I don't know if you heard it, but they opened a store in New York City. It's called the Husband Store. You go there and you shop for a husband. Did you hear about that? This husband store, the, the way you, you, it's, it's six floors. And uh, you go, you got to, if you're looking for a husband, you go there and you go into the first floor. And uh, this is a joke, all right. See where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can only visit uh, each floor one time. And as you go up each floor... Uh, the value increases. In other words, you find a more valuable husband. All right. So you can choose from any level, but, but if you uh, go up one floor, you can't come back down. All right. So there was a woman, she went to the husband's store and she decided she's looking for a husband. And so she walked in and on the first floor, the sign on the door said, these men have jobs. And she decided, well, let's see what's on floor number two. She went to floor number two, and the sign said, these men have jobs and love kids. And she said, well, that's good, but I think there's probably something better on third floor. She went to the third floor. The sign on the door said, these men have jobs, love kids, and are extremely good looking. She said, now, that's pretty good. She looked around, but I just got to know what's on the fourth floor. I mean, this gets better the further I go up. Yeah. Well, she went in, she, um, uh, she went onto the fourth floor and the sign read, these men have jobs, love kids, are extremely good looking, and they help with the housework. Ooh, 
Mercy me, she said, I can't hardly stand it. I got to know what's on the next floor. She said, I got to go on up there. She went up to the fifth floor. These men have jobs on the side of the door. These men have jobs, love kids, are extremely good looking, and they help with the housework, and they have a very strong romantic streak. She said, I can't stand it. I just can't stand it. I got to go to the sixth floor. I got to know what the sixth floor is. I'll spend whatever it takes. So she went up to the sixth floor, and on the sixth floor, she got there, the sign on the door read, you are visitor number 31,456 to this floor. There are no men on this floor. (laughs) This floor exists solely as proof that women are impossible to please. (laughs) No, how many of you know there's a, there's a wife's door just around the corner? That is not you. That's not me. We're, we're just having fun thinking about the way the world thinks. Right? It's not impossible to please us, right? Come on, some, that's a good place to say amen. No, I mean, if you want to look for a perfect man, a perfect woman, you might as well forget it. There is no such creature. Uh, but I'll tell you something that will overlook any faults your husband or your wife does have, and that's the love of God. Praise the Lord. All right, now that we're laughing real good, look at Philippians chapter number two. Paul wrote this by the Spirit of God. And he said, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, how many of you know there is consolation, there is comfort in love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, uh, fulfill ye my joy. Now, Paul's writing, but this is really the Spirit of God inspiring him, and God's the one saying, fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded. In other words, God's saying here, you want to do something for me? He said, uh, here's some things to do. Be like-minded amongst yourselves. And then he said, uh, having the same love, being of one one accord and one mind. Hallelujah. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Woo, my, my, my. Praise the Lord. How many of you know when it comes to marriage, walking in love, having good relationships, this is going to apply to other relationships, but uh, we're applying it to marriage. There's uh, grace, according to the Bible. The Bible says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Uh, The word favor is, is the word we get our word grace from. There's grace for marriage. So uh, you need to know that uh, you're not just on your own in this. The Bible says his grace is his help. Remember Hebrews come to boldly and throw them grace. You may obtain mercy and find grace to help. Grace is his help. And uh, the the way to tap into his grace is tap into his word. Because uh, you've got word for marriage. Did you ever think about that? You got word for that. 
You got scripture for that. You got something to stand on. Something that the word of God is what makes everything in our lives functional. You, you, you hear about people, they say, well, that person's dysfunctional. Or they've got a dysfunctional marriage or a dysfunctional whatever. Well, there's something that'll make it functional. And that's not, getting, that's not just getting saved. It's renewing our minds with the word and, and, and tapping into his way of doing things. Praise the Lord. So you got word for marriage. And how many of you know the word is anointed? When you tap into the word and start being a doer of the word, or I tap into the word, or anyone taps into the word, starts doing the word, there's anointing on that, and the anointing breaks the yoke. Hallelujah. And so there's power in the word for, or to cause marriages to succeed. Um, there's, there's verses, this, this is one of them, but there's a number of verses in the Bible that emphasizes how much God loves uh, unity amongst uh, the brethren, for example. How much he loves unity amongst his people. How important it is, like for example, in Proverbs 6, 19, or 16 through 19, it says there's some things God hates. And one of them is down there in the last verse, he hates he that soweth discord among brethren. God hates strife. He hates it. He hates disunity. He's not talking about people, but he hates the, the, the thing that is destroying, the, the thing that's opening the, the door to the devil. And he doesn't hate it because he hates people. He hates it because it keeps them from having what he intended they have. We read the New Testament, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. That's the commandment of the New Testament. You know, people say we need to keep the Ten Commandments. Well, if you walk in that commandment, you won't break any of the Ten Commandments. Amen. And walking in love is easier said than done. We don't walk in love because we go to church and hear about it. (laughs) Amen. And so we've got to have a revelation, really, uh, of how important this is to God. And hate strife just like God hates it. He said, here, I hate it. There's six things that the Lord hates. He hates strife. And he even said that it's an abomination. Listen to the way he starts this out. Six things does the Lord hate. Even seven are an abomination to him. That's strong language. Strong language. For God to say, I hate this. And it's an abomination to me is very, very strong. Okay, so you can hear the heart of God back here in Philippians chapter number two that uh, he said, if there's any consolation, if there's anything that comforts the comfort of love, uh, fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill ye, God's saying, fulfill my, in other words, uh, this would make me full of joy. This would thrill me to get this. In our lives, in, in you and my life, it would thrill God's heart. It would bless his heart. We'd say in our vernacular, make him happy. He would, he would enjoy that about his people, seeing them in unity. Can you see that? And so you can hear his heart there that husbands and wives and families and brothers and sisters and churches and pastors and, and brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. That they walk in love, that they get rid of the strife. Yes. Get, you can hear him saying, work things out. Yes. Work it out. In other words, don't just let these things fester. Yes. 
uh, it's displeasing to him. I think we've got to really get a revelation of how displeasing strife is to him. Offended brothers and sisters. Amen. And so uh, he's he's saying, get, get rid of this because it will hinder what I'm endeavoring to do in your life. And so um, Matthew 12, verse 25, Jesus said this. You're familiar with this if you want to turn there, but I'm just going to keep on rolling here. Um, he said, uh, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Do you believe, do you, do you believe that's true? Jesus said, a house divided against itself won't stand. In other words, it will, call, it will be destroyed. Why? Because it's opening the door to the destroyer. Yes. Bible said where envying and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. Yes. In other words, it's just a wide open door to the devil. Right. Envying and strife. Wide open door to the devil. Yes. Fussing. Yes. Fault finding. Bringing up each other's faults. Come on, come on with it. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. It's, just, it's just, and putting each other down. Yes. It, is, it is an open, wide open door to the devil. And he said, every house divided against itself will be destroyed. He said it will fall, but we would say, you know, it opened the door to the destroyer. And so God knows that we ought to know that. And let me tell you somebody else that knows this is the devil knows this. That's why he works on relationships so strong, pressuring them, trying to get something between people. And we need not fall for it. We need to be at the place where we see it. We can smell it coming a hundred miles off. Oh, we've been here before. I know what this, whenever my flesh gets like this and I want to spout that out my mouth. I want to, I want to let that fly. We're we're not, we're not uh, ignorant of Satan's devices anymore. We can smell it coming and shut it down. We say, nope, not going there. Not going there. Amen. Because uh, not only does God know it, we should know it, but the devil knows it. And that's why he's trying to drive a wedge between uh, husbands and wives and families. And, and uh, we have the most splintered culture you've ever seen. Uh, I mean, to get together at Christmas is no longer much fun for a lot of people. In fact, people don't come. They just don't show up because they're all fussing with one another. That's one thing I'm grateful for in my own family. We get together and, I mean, we got, we got kids hanging every, out every... I mean, everybody's in, in fellowship with one another. Yeah, praise God. Amen. We have more fun than any other seven families put together. All right. Come on. Yeah. Just a lot of good fellowship. And, uh, and, uh, but that's rare in our culture. It is. That's true. So, but anyway, uh, the devil knows this. You, you know, I said he, he tries to put a wedge between people. You ever, uh, I've, I've done my share of splitting firewood. And you, you hit, there's, there's certain logs you got to. You, you get, I mean, certain ones you can just smack and they're, they're, they're split. But other ones, you get a big old round oak that's got a lot of gnarly, uh, knotty grains. They're going crossways and twisted around one another. And you try to split that thing and you're, you're just, your axe just bounces off. But, and so what you got to do, you just start getting a little bit of a crack. You get a wedge in there. You just hammer that thing in there. And that wedge is creating a separation. Well, first of all, it, it's a... First of all, it's, it's just a, a splinter, just a crack, just a little bit of division. Just, and then it, and you keep pounding that thing in and you can eventually 
no matter how strong that oak is or was, you know, how the grain is, you can get that thing totally separated eventually. You know, if you're selling firewood or something, you get that thing totally separated and one on this side could end up in, in uh, Benton County and one on this side could end up in some other county. Right? If you're selling it. You know. And so that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get a wedge in between in people's relationship and between them begin to separate and begin to so, so separate to where they end up in totally different places. The devil loves it. He gets a kick out of it. He giggles. He, he, he just kicks his heels. He just loves it. It's one of his main strategies. And uh, we need not fall for it anymore. Amen. He's always trying to get little, little irritations in. Get, get us a little miffed at someone. Tell your neighbor he's preaching better than you're amening. Little disgruntled, a little bit of hurt, a little bit of offense. Always working, always working, always working, always, always, always working. And uh, we just need to be people who are on to it. Um, and uh, he wants to feed us things in our minds. He wants to talk to us about other people critically. He wants us to take those thoughts and stew on them and let them get down on the inside of us and clog up our spirits and And uh, where things just don't work anymore. I'm talking about faith and things like that don't work anymore. We're not seeing the blessings of God. Hey, watch out for people that never have any testimonies. There's there's something not working for them. They're not good fellowship. I didn't say you can't bless them and minister to them. I said you just can't. Whatever's on the inside of them, you got to watch it. It'll spew it out and it'll get on the inside of you. And so... um, uh, praise the Lord. And so the devil wants us splintered. He wants us becoming uh, apart. He wants us separated and divided and destroyed. He wants husbands and wives destroyed. He wants marriages broken up. He wants homes destroyed where kids come up all twisted out of that. But uh, we're not uh, ignorant of that. Amen. And we're learning to not give place to that, right? Now, um, spiritual people see these things coming and uh, they see it at the beginning stages and stop it. Amen. Before it even gets started, they get a hold of their flesh. Amen. And they say, no, no, hold on, hold on. I know where this is going. I've been here a number of times. I see what he's doing. No matter how I feel, what my emotions are doing right now. I'm just not going to be carnal like that anymore. I'm not going to live like that anymore. Amen. I mean, that's the babyhood stage of Christianity. We're not spiritual because we got the word of knowledge. We can operate in gifts of healings. Or we speak a lot in tongues. Not according to the Bible. That's not spiritual maturity. Spiritual babies can do that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Corinth was a, the most carnal church Paul had. And they spoke with tongues all the time. They had a lot even of abuses of speaking. I'm not preaching against speaking in tongues. I just preached on that. But my point is, you can do all that and still be carnal. Still be a baby Christian. This right here is what separates the men from the boys. 
being a love child of a love God, crucifying the flesh, holding, the, biting the tongue, speaking edifying things, not destructive things. Amen. And so uh, we're, we're learning to not fall from this, you know, fall for this anymore. Um, and we're learning not to just let things fly. And so that, you know, for whatever, a week or two, whatever, uh, although the Cold War with Russia is over, yet it's in our house. You know? You know what I'm talking about. But you can crucify the flesh and not have a Cold War anymore. Cold toward one another. Well, but they did this to me. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, but you just don't know them. Well, we're going to talk about that too. Praise the Lord. Baby carnal Christians uh, live by their feelings. Hallelujah. There might be times you just, rather than continue to talk, you just go your separate ways. I'm going to go in this bedroom and pray. You're going to go in that bedroom and pray. We probably can't pray together right now. (laughs) (laughs) but we're going to come out and with a little bit of soundness and wisdom and a little bit of awareness of the love of God in our hearts we'll pick up this conversation later and a lot of times we'll both come out and say it was foolish that we were talking about it anyway so you forgive me I'll forgive you yep I forgive you you forgive me yep it's not even worth talking about talking about marriage tell your neighbor aren't you glad you came tonight Maybe your neighbor's your spouse, maybe, I don't know. But. So uh, these things, uh, he said here, be like-minded. Hear that, like-minded, have the same love, yeah. one accord. He's talking about unity. He's talking about not being in strife. Down in verse number three, let nothing be done. How often is strife okay? Never. Nothing be done through strife. Nothing. Or vainglory, that's, that's uh, pride, really, which the Bible says without pride, there's no such thing as contention. Well, we could talk about that for a whole month, but, but uh, in, these, in, in this place of unity and walking in love, in this place of, you know, uh, working things out, rather than just letting them fester, or just dropping it. You know what I mean? Well, they they should have treated me this way. Uh, What verse are you standing on that you are supposed to be their Holy Ghost policeman and and, and direct them and tell them what they're supposed to do? Uh, If I read my Bible right, I'm responsible for me. Now, I'm not talking about your children. Your children are different. But when it comes to adults, husbands and wives are adults. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That'd be a good confession right there. We're adults. And adults don't, don't, don't really have the place in the scriptures in marriage. There's no place. I don't see any place in the Bible that says I'm supposed to tell Pastor Debbie what she's supposed to do. She's supposed to tell me. I'm supposed to notice in Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives. It didn't yeah. say you wives, you tell your husbands. To. No, it says husbands. He's talking to the husbands. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We'll get on that later, too. <laughs> We're going to get on this on Sunday again. So tell all your friends they missed a whole lot of... Prep, prep groundwork that we're doing tonight to get to Sunday morning. 
We're just cleaning out under the, we're just cleaning the brush out around the big tree. We're going to hit the big tree on Sunday. But a lot of times these, when we get, when we get, when our flesh gets worked up, our emotions get worked up. How many of you know the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts? It's not in our flesh. It's not in our emotions. So if we're living in our flesh or we're living in our emotions, we're not going to walk in the love of God. I said we, me just as much as you. So we have to, we have to uh, guard against reacting from an emotional standpoint or fleshly standpoint of this. You, you're treating me wrong. Tell me I'm preaching all right. And when we get that way, when our emotions are worked up or our flesh is irritated, I know, and it hasn't happened for 14 years, I know, but you know, just when, the last time it happened, just think of the last time it happened. That is a, that is, what starts to happen is we open this. And we start letting things fly out. And it didn't come out of the love of God. It came out of irritation. Being miffed. You didn't treat me right. Amen. The Bible said we'll give an account for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. Every idle word. Are you still glad you came tonight? Because when we're speaking idle words, we're letting the devil speak through us to accomplish and do something in his plan. To accomplish something in this earth that he plans to do. His purposes are uh, allowed when we, when we speak out of the fleshly nature. How many of you know the fleshly nature still has the nature of sin? Which, which is all about what Satan's all about. And so uh, when we allow the words that come out to speak derogatory of our wife, or our spouse, or husband, or anybody really, when we allow those words to come out, we are undermining the work of God in their life. We're, we're, we're rather than building up, we're tearing down. And remember Ephesians 5 said, I came ready. I trust you're ready to hear this. Ephesians chapter 4, actually, and then it starts at chapter 4 and then goes over chapter 5. But it said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Edify means build up. Yes, yes. Words are powerful. Yes, Don't think they're nothing. No, it was not. I said it, but it wasn't anything. No, words have the power to build up or to tear down. They have, a, they have the power to heal. They have the power to hurt. They can contain, uh, they can contain uh, things that really destroy people's insides. That's why some children don't turn out right. They were raised in a home that they were just, you're no good. You'll never turn out to anything and just, just put down, put down, put down. Now they can overcome that. So I'm not saying, you know, live like, live, live like, well, I got a crutch because that's what my daddy said to me all my life. You can renew your mind and get over that. What they did is their business. What you do now is your business. Right. But I'm just simply saying these things affect people. And we've got to be careful and watch what we're saying. Absolutely. And we'll give an account for those things. 
Uh, words are not anything. I mean, they're, they're not, not nothing is what I'm trying to say. They're not, ah, uh, you know, just sticks and stones break my bones. Words can never hurt me. That's not true. That's exactly what is opposite of what the Bible said. Amen. Well, somebody, if, if it's destroying the work of God and it's giving place to the devil, somebody's got to be responsible for that, for hurting that person, damaging that person. Amen. Destroying people through words. We're accountable for our words. Amen. They're powerful. They're creative. They're destructive. And uh, they, uh, you know, we just can't shoot off our mouth and just anything that comes to our mind, we just pop it out. You know, like a Pez dispenser. And then say later, well, I really didn't mean it. No, you're going to give an account for those words. You're going to give an account for those words. It doesn't matter if you didn't mean it. Too late, honey, you're going to give an account for them. It'd be a good time right now to get them under the blood. Amen. I'm not angry at anybody. How many of you know we're just sharing what the Lord's put in our hearts? And so uh, it affects people, it hurts people, damages relationships. Uh, you're responsible for, and you're going to give an account. But you'll stand before the Lord and give an account. I remember one time, a, uh, I heard this, we were traveling on the road, the pastor told us this story. He said there was a lady, I believe it was in his church or some, some, somebody he knew, who uh, actually had a pretty bad condition in her body and actually died. She went up to heaven, and then for some reason she, she came back to life and she came back to tell this story. But she said whenever she went up to heaven, now the pastor said she was a, she was a uh, oh, real uh, fellowship-y kind of person. Fellowship's not even the right word. Just a, just a real, you know, talkative, you know, every, likable. Everybody liked her, but she talked a lot and talked about people and talked about all kinds. Of, and just, you know, the Bible says in the abundance of words there wanteth not sin, right? So those that are talking a lot are sinning a lot. Well, I just said what the Bible said. Uh, so, well, it's, it's interesting in here tonight. It feels a little different in here tonight. But, but anyway, this lady went up to heaven and she, she had this condition, died, and then actually came back for some reason. I don't know if the doctors got her back or what happened. And uh, she came back and she told her experience. She, they asked her, what happened? She said, well, I went up to heaven and I stood before Jesus. What did he say? He said, she said, he said nothing. He said, the lady said, all he did was look me over from top to bottom and said, no fruit. Oh, wow. I came back into my body. Wow. <laughs> wow. Everybody liked her. Uh-huh. But that doesn't equal bearing fruit. That's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, anyhow, I don't know why I told that story. <laughs> Pastor, don't you have another sermon on prosperity miracles or something? I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> This is prosperity right here. Praise God. And so what we're speaking, either the devil's going to be able to use them or God's going to be able to use them. I'm talking about our words, what, what we say. Uh, somebody in the spirit realm's waiting for our words. They're waiting to use them. And he, the devil would love for us to say the wrong thing and destroy our own spouse. Destroy our own marriage. People say the devil, the devil got in. Well, he can't do anything without us. He's not that big. He's not all that in a bag of chips. He's defeated. Amen. I will. Come on. You can help me. I need some help up here, brother. <laughs> Amen. And so we've got to guard um, these. The, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So to keep these things from coming out of our mouth, we've got to guard what gets in our hearts. Yes. 
And we're going to talk more about that tonight. My goodness, time's flying here. But um, we've got this ability because of the way God created us that, uh, that, that we have the ability, unlike any other created being, we have a free will. We have the ability to speak anything we want, do anything we want. And, uh, you know, it just gives us really, uh, we're called speaking spirits in the book of Genesis, if you look at the Hebrew. Uh, and we can choose to do anything we want and say anything we want. But, and so we're very free people, right? But that gives, but God also says, because of that, I hold you responsible for everything, every idle word. That's an amazing thought, every idle word. And so we've got to be people who choose our words well and be wise about what we're, we're saying. So anytime we're getting ready to say something, whether it be to our spouse or anybody else, we say, is what I'm getting ready to say, how's it going to affect them? How's it going to affect our relationship? Have you ever had something that just wanted to come out? And you just know that if I say it, it's going to cause a problem. But the flesh was too irritated anyway, and we went ahead and let it fly. We're preaching to the back row probably, right? And we suffered for it. You ever read that verse in Proverbs that says, I'll, I'll find it here. I got it right up here. There's a good one in Proverbs. You want to hear this? This is in uh, Proverbs eleven twenty nine. He that troubles his own house shall inherit the wind. Meaning through strife or speaking things that cause strife. It's called troubling your own house. And what are you going to inherit? The wind is another word for nothing. Put that together with 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Be heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Heirs together. See, there's, he connects us getting into our inheritance with honoring one another. Honoring one another. Dwell with your wife according to honor, giving honor unto the wife so that you can inherit and that your prayers aren't hindered. So he's saying honor one another and, and uh, you'll get into everything that, isn't, that is yours in your inheritance. But, you know, trouble your house with strife and words of division and just letting things fly that don't help, don't edify, don't minister grace, don't build up, don't encourage. Amen. I better make this a short sermon tonight. I get convicted myself. Amen. I got to do it just like everybody else. But uh, he said, you do all that, you know, you're going you're gonna to inherit the wind. In other words, nothing. Well, praise the Lord. Stay happy. It's either amen or on me. Thank you, Jesus. So let's be wise with what we say with our mouths. Praise the Lord. Just, eight, just that little, what is it, an inch below your nose? Use that to edify one another. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, let's go over here. Notice it says in Philippians 2, 3, we were kind of emphasizing 1 and 2, but look at verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. Nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Vainglory means pride, you know, empty pride. 
But in lowliness of mind, look at this here. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Now, notice the way he put together that issue of avoiding strife. Actually, he gives us the answer to where strife comes from. He puts together, let, let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but let each esteem other better than themselves. So strife comes out of esteeming others less than ourselves. It's an honor issue. If you look up the word esteem, it means respect or honor or to treat with value. Treat with value. Esteeming someone means to treat them valuable. I get more and more, as I grow spiritually, uh, almost, almost, I get almost shocked at how blinded I was in my younger marriage at the valuable treasure God gave me in yep. Pastor Debbie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's almost embarrassing. Yes, sir. And, and I've had to, in more recent years, realize what, how she has blessed my life, yeah. where I would yeah. be without her. And I'm telling you what, God gave me a treasure. Yeah, and many of you got a treasure for a spouse. And uh, it almost, it's almost like convicting, like, why wasn't I, and I'm not, I'm just saying, as I grow spiritually, as we all grow spiritually, we see things in a more accurate way, rather than just, you know, well, you know. I don't know quite how to explain it, but you get, you get, you get your eyes open as you pray because I've been making it a point. I just, I just key in on a little bit. I've been making it a point of prayer, especially over the last year, but probably a little longer than that saying, Lord, give me a wise and an understanding heart. I'm claiming wisdom to make right decisions. And I, and I've been focusing on this. I said, Lord, give me wisdom to have right relationships, good relationships. Because I'm seeing how valuable that is, how valuable people are, and, and uh, how much God wants us to be in unity for his purposes and also for our own lives' benefits. Amen. It is no small deal that God brought the one that he brought into your life, <clears throat> into, your <clears throat> and into your life to be your mate. That's no, that's no small deal. I mean, out of the millions, yeah. actually billions yeah. of people on yeah. the planet, yeah. Yeah. this is the one that decided you were all right. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'd like to get to know you better. Somebody took a liking to you. Come on, somebody. When the other girls gave you your pound puppy back, you know what I mean? I mean, just. <laughs> Some of you know my story, right? Shipped his saddle back, you know, just no return address, just showed up at the house, you know. <laughs> That's a treasure. That's a value. That's a valuable blessing in your life. 
Y'all still here? This is a little different, I know, but we need some different kind of preaching. So, uh, you know, he said here, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. This issue of valuing one another in our hearts and maintaining that throughout the years of marriage, that's easy whenever, you know, you're both young and you're dating and everybody's putting their best foot forward and all of that. Man, there's nobody like him. I'm telling you what. Six months after the marriage, they want after marriage counseling. You know, it's like, this, uh, he's got this fault and that fault, or she's got this fault and that fault. You know that guy didn't change, or she didn't change yeah. that, it, that quickly in six months. It's just now their eyes are on their faults rather than all those things they were glossed over about. Where did the honor go? Where did the respect go? Well, he won't do this or he won't do that. See, you got your eyes on something else now rather than the good aspects. And the devil will present you all your spouse's faults and try to keep your mind on them and just remind you about them and they stand out to you and stand out to you because all of us have got issues we're still dealing with. You know, we could put any one of us. You could put Pastor Jay up here, shine all the spotlights on him, look him over real well and see some faults. I'm talking about in my character or something that's still being developed, right? Somebody say amen tonight. Amen. But we could do that to anybody. Amen. The sixth floor is empty. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> if you just tuned in, start at the beginning of the service. You'll <laughs> go back to the beginning. All right, so. Oh, you caught me on number five floor? You did? Oh, glory, glory, glory. Girl, I'm taking you home tonight. So. Anytime we're acting the way that, you know, we're pointing out our spouse's faults and you do this, you do that. You know, somebody could ask us, how long have they, how long have you been talking to him about that? Uh-huh. Oh, I've talked to him 10,000 times. <laughs> well, it's obviously not working. <laughs> Why don't you try something else? Like maybe the word. That would be a good idea. Anytime, and how many of you have ever known you are right? I know I'm right. But here's here's something you need to get. Boy, we're going to have a good crowd on Sunday, aren't we? Here's something you need to get. You can be technically right, but before God, wrong. Because he's not looking at the technicalities, he's looking at the heart. He's looking at the heart. God looks at the heart. And you could have a heart of disrespectfulness towards them. You don't value them anymore. 
and you're fault finding and he doesn't like that. He said that creates strife. I don't like that. I don't like that. So technically, maybe you're right. But God doesn't even see you as right. Whoa, still wrong. Isn't that right? The heart with God is a big deal. Amen. I mean, they're just adamant. I'm right. I know I'm right. Well, we can tell by the attitude. God doesn't say, God doesn't see you as right at all. So this is a major reason for strife, a lack of any longer esteeming one another. Can we spend some time on this and all get convicted and go home? I'm just preaching myself right into conviction, so I'm just going to keep on preaching. So he's telling us to avoid strife and division and uh, to stay in unity. We've got, to, we've got to maintain the proper respect and esteem for one another. Can you see that? Amen. Uh, and not just esteem them. Notice esteem. This is, we don't have time to get into this, but esteem others or the other the other person, in other words, better than ourselves. Not just esteem them as much as we esteem ourselves, but esteem them better. Now, that's completely contrary to the nature of the flesh. The nature of the flesh is selfishness. About what I get, how they treat me, you know, it hurt me. It did. I don't look good. You, you embarrass me. You notice there's a lot of me, me, me on that. That's the basic nature of the flesh, selfishness, just selfishness. Here's what you got to do to be, in this, to, to be selfish. <clears throat> Open your eyes in the morning. Open your eyes, and there's the flesh, the selfish nature of the flesh. You don't have to do anything to be selfish. You do have to put forth some effort to walk in love. Amen. You got to remind yourself, you stir yourself up about it. Well, praise God. I'm glad I came to church tonight. People say, I don't believe anybody's any better than anybody else. There ain't nobody any better than me. And the scripture you're standing on. He said here, esteem other people better than yourselves. Isn't that right? Wow. So this is how the enemy has been able to get uh, division in. Because Jesus said when it comes to divorce, they, they, they questioned him when he walked the earth. They questioned him about divorce. They said, you know, is it lawful? Moses said, uh, you know, that you can't put away. Is it lawful? And, or no, Moses said that you can put away for certain things. And Jesus said, uh, because of the hardness of your hearts, he said that. But basically he's saying, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. In other words, don't let, notice he connected divorce to the condition of the heart. He's saying when stuff gets in, like the devaluing and Satan just, he'll work on you. He'll, he'll talk to you about your spouse, talk to you, talk to you, talk to you, and to point out all their faults until you don't appreciate them anymore. You don't value them anymore. They're not a treasure to you anymore. They're a, they're a, they're a hindrance to your progress now. I'm telling you, this is where divorce comes from. And he wants to get it on the inside so that you start saying it. And when you start saying it, you're driving a wedge. And you're going to be split. And uh, Jesus said that's where divorce comes from. Comes from what gets in the heart. 
So we've got to guard ourselves against this. Amen. And so uh, the enemy is, is, is working on us all the time. Now, this is true about, you know, in a congregation or with, you know, your family or whoever. But in marriages, he's always trying to divide. He's just a divider. He's, he, he, he doesn't like unity. He hates unity. He wants to divide and conquer. And so this is something you have to feed. You have to feed esteem. Feed and uh, exercise yourself in esteeming other people. Amen. The, particularly the longer you're around them. Because the longer you're around them, the more you know them. And you get to know them after the flesh. And uh, it's called the sin of familiarity. You become familiar with them and you start taking them for granted. And then you start judging them in the flesh. And you're no longer valuing them or appreciating them. You don't see them like you should or don't see them like you used to see them. There used to be, there was nobody else on the planet as well as, as much of a blessing as them. And now they're like, just sort of, amen. Ouch. Just all that will all look straight ahead and just say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm no different than anybody in this room about this. Anybody can become familiar with, with the, tra- the, the, the one that was the greatest treasure God put in your life in this earth. You know, we're not talking about salvation and stuff. I'm talking about in this earthly life, one of the greatest treasures is the people that God gives us to run our race with. Amen. And especially our spouse. Amen. And uh, they, they have to be, our hearts have to be guarded against what gets inside about them. Amen. Anybody that's been married for a while, they, knows, they know that uh, over time, decades of marriage and so forth, that you have to, you have to guard against familiarity. Anybody can find the faults in another person. That is not a mark of spirituality. Not a mark of spirituality. Well, I discern, I have the gift of discernment. First of all, there is no gift of discernment. It's discerning of spirits. But second of all, that's not a gift of the Spirit. Finding fault is not a gift of the Spirit. It's the flesh. The devil's the fault finder. He's the accuser of the brethren. And if we're listening to the devil, we're going to find fault and we're going to bring accusation. But if we're listening to the love of God and the, and the, and the, and the, and the Lord and the Spirit of God, well, uh, mm, mm. We'll stop ourselves and say, that's not edifying. That's not ministering grace to the hearer. That's not building them up. Oh, I wish I could get further with this tonight. Some things we're going to get to. Praise the Lord. But anybody knows that the longer we live with somebody, the more it's easy, it's easy to see their faults rather than see the treasure that they are and value them. You know, if God says, God, the treasure that somebody is is determined by what Jesus paid for them. The blood that he, he, there was not enough gold in the world to pay for them. And so he, he shed the blood of Jesus. Every drop was shed so that, that your spouse could be a child of God. That's how valuable they are to God. We need to see them as valuable. Well, you, I don't, Lord, didn't that doesn't seem very valuable to me. You know, they just got this fault and this fault. Uh, Boy, it got quiet on that. 
but they're precious. You know what I'm talking about? Don't disagree with God. He said they're precious. Treasure. Amen. Don't disagree with him. Yeah, but Lord, you don't have to live with them. Let me tell you about Miss Precious, Lord. You don't know much about Miss Precious. Or Mr. Mr. Precious. Don't, don't argue with him. He said they're a treasure. You're, you're, you're disagreeing with him. And you can't, you can't walk with him disagreeing with him. How can two walk together except they be agreed? Woo, 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 woo. Hallelujah. Steaming others better than yourselves is not natural to the flesh. So it won't be automatic. <laughs> Amen. Won't happen automatically. You're going to have to put forth some effort here. It's natural to your flesh to esteem yourself better than them. Amen. You always have trouble in, the, in a marriage if you're walking in the flesh. Just, just, just the nature of the flesh is selfishness. And it's the exact opposite of the recreated born again human spirit where the love of God is shed abroad in there. Amen. So, hallelujah. Now, Ephesians 5, 33. We'll just, we'll just have to look at a couple of verses here and then we'll have to wrap this up. I don't know where the time went tonight. Just kind of flew by. Ephesians 5. This uh, verse 33, Ephesians 5, 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular, so as love his wife, talking to the husbands, everyone love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Wow. A lot of ladies hear that and they don't like that. They just think, well, I'm going to ignore that. Well, don't reject it. Don't reject it because you don't like it. I'm not going to that church. That pastor preaches. No, I didn't write this. Well, he's on the women tonight. We're about to get on the men, so just hold your horses. Don't get offended. Don't, get, don't stomp out. Hallelujah. I love the word. I love the word too much to find something in the word and then say, uh, blah, 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 blah. Things will go dark. The word will go dark. The lights will go out. So it says they are to reverence their husband. Her, her, she's to reverence her husband. That's an amazing statement. But if you look it up, it just means the same thing we've been talking about, esteem or value. And so um, don't reject it just because you don't understand it. If you want to just say, I don't understand it, okay, fine, you don't understand it, but don't reject it. Don't throw it away because it's not politically correct. There are verses in 1 Peter that says that wives are to obey their husbands, calling them Lord. Oh, brother, that's so archaic. If you think I'm going to call Mr. Bozo over here Lord, then you got another thought coming. All it means, listen, all it means is a respectful term. Yes, yes. That's, that's what you need to get out of that, a term of respect. Now, not bozo. Not my old man. Come on. But man of God. Blessing. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but he's got so many faults. 
Spirituality is the ability to look through all the faults and somewhere, there it is. I appreciate that about you. You know what that does? That draws out of him all the affection and love and desire to, to, to have a good marriage. It just draws it out of him. But it's two ways, two ways, not just one way, right? Well, hallelujah. All these rabbit trails are good for us, aren't they? So, uh, you got, you're going to need, uh, you, you need to see that this is a scriptural direction for marriage. And when it comes to the wife towards the husband, there's to be reverence. Okay. Go back to first Peter chapter number seven. First Peter chapter number seven, verse, I'm sorry, chapter number three, verse number seven. Likewise, ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. So that's honor is there mentioned again that the husband is to show towards the wife. God is smart. He knows this is the big issue in marriage. So he mentioned it plainly. Both directions, both directions. If this wasn't the big issue, he wouldn't have brought this up on both sides. I know for years, to be honest with you, um, I've been working on this one. It's, it's, it's just something that I've had to work on. Amen. But I'm doing better than I ever have. I'm going to do better this year than I ever have. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I've watched in the eyes, I've told you stories about this. <clears throat> I, I remember one time a lady came in healing school after the, after the service, came up and said, uh, you know, hi, good service and all that. She said, my husband and I are here, he's come for healing. He's, he's had a condition in a number of years, I think a couple of years, and he's not been able to receive his healing. And uh, I was wanting to know if, you know if you could help us and so forth and so on. And it's just her talking. I said, you said your husband's here too? Yeah. And I, looked, I saw a man walking back and forth back in the back. And I, I perceived in my spirit it was him. I said, is that your husband? She said, yeah. I said, could you have him come up here too? I mean, you know, <laughs> he's the one that needs to be here. So she, he came up. <clears throat> and I said, all right, uh, finish what you were saying. And she went into some detail about the condition. And she must have got some data wrong about, you know, how long she, he had had it and some of the terms or whatever. Uh, you know, just a, probably an innocent mistake. Just, yeah. Yeah. And he jumped all over her. Just chewed her out. You never get anything right. And verbally abused her. I say if he had done physically what he did verbally, she'd have been laying on the floor with a bloody nose. And I was startled that he would do it. I mean, most people hide this stuff. Here he is just doing it right out front of God and the preacher and everybody. Well, when he laid in and started saying all that, I looked in her eyes and you could see it. The, 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 it. She fell on the inside. She withered. The fear was there. I, and I realized this is not the first time this has happened. This has happened all the time. Well, that's why he's sick. Could somebody be sick because they let something in their spirits Against their spouse? Yeah. 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 A thousand times. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. That your prayers be not hindered. First Peter 3, 7, he's talking about the husband, but that'll work. But he also said reverence back there when it came to the, to the wife. Are we getting anything out of this? I have got to quit, but, but uh, we'll pick this up. Amen. You and I, and uh, husbands and wives really, I know, I, I know something the Lord showed me from Ephesians 5. It says, wives, I'm t- talking to the husbands, it says to nourish and cherish them. I got real convicted on that. Because I realized he was saying, there's things that I can do to nurture her on the inside. Mm-hmm. Nourish. Yeah. Can you hear that? Yes. Nourish. Yes. Nourish. And I don't believe it's just her spirit. Mm-hmm. But her soul. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's what was withering in that woman whenever that man laid into her. Her soul. Yeah. She, she just withered. She just... It just destroys, words can destroy people on the inside. Take all the confidence out of them. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Tell your neighbor, it's good, 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 good to hear the word tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so uh, people, people know, well, praise God. I won't get into that. We got we to hear these things, don't we? I'm telling you, we get these things right, things that haven't been working in other areas of our life, they'll just start working. Amen. He that would love life, just in a few verses later, you can stand up with me, but 1 Peter 3, 8, 9, down and through there, 10, he that would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no God. Amen. I want to see good days, don't you? I want to love life. When I wake up in the morning, I want to be thrilled that I'm awake because there's something good I got to go to and good things are happening. God's moving. Miracles are happening. Good. He would, he would love life and see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil. Let him speak no guile, right? So uh, these things are very, very connected to, you know, walking in love is very connected to uh, what we say, how we treat one another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anybody want to come back on Sunday? Yes. All the married. Let me check if all the married people got their hands up. All the single people are raising their hands too. Praise the Lord. It's, it's good to get ready. You, you can get ready. Faith gets ready for what God has for you. I'm believing God. You know, if we're believing God, then that means we're responding to what he's working in us. He's, the things he's dealing with us to change. You don't want Mr. Perfect that really belonged on the sixth floor. You don't want him coming along and saying, Woo, she looks good, and then get to know you. Eh, Out of here. Right? You ever met somebody like that? People are more than bodies. They are more than bodies. They might be whatever attractive on the outside, but you get to know the inside is like, (laughs) right? Remember that single people, they're more than bodies. Let me say it again. They're more than bodies. 